It's very important to be culturally sensitive or be aware, or if you're speaking a different language, whatever the case might be, just express yourself to that person that you're speaking to, patient or nurse, how you are, what the situation Ooh, is. Oh, I gotta go. I've been working, told him, please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bruh, just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog, swear I paid all my fees. I was starving for this game, now my fan they can't eat. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the Cup of Nurses, Peter and Matt, two nurses on a mission to change this world, one conversation at a time. So let's jump right into it. But before that, if you find value in this show, I want to join us on this mission. It would mean everything to us if you leave a share, review, and like our show. Cupandnurses.com for all the latest merch releases, updates, and step day with what we're up to. For our lifestyle podcast, check out wearefrontlinewarriors.com. How you doing, Pete? I'm doing great. Another amazing episode here. We're going to talk about the essential communication skills that every nurse needs. A lot of times when we talk about communication, we think of patient communication. But in this episode, we're going to talk about communication with your peers, your coworkers, and your managers. Communicating with people around you, people that you work with, is a little bit different than talking to your, to your patients. It's usually done in a, you could say, almost as of a less professional dialect. Except if maybe if you're with your manager, it might be still as just a professional. But if your coworkers, your your fellow nurses, we like to shoot the shit sometimes, you know. But still, there's still some essential skills and te- techniques you need to use to ensure proper communication, just to make sure that everyone is in the same understanding and everybody understands the point you're trying to make. I love this episode because in nursing school and even previous guests that we had on, we always talk about patient communication, how we should communicate amongst our patients, what we can do for them. But there's never a topic about how to communicate between a nurse to a nurse. And how do you have grace between yourselves as coworkers? Because sometimes we go into a little fuss or argument. We don't know how to properly communicate. We go up to the chain of command, drama guest starts, and there's really no need for all that. So it's vital. Even during change of shift, when you're talking to a nurse, those little tidbits of communication could give you a lot of clues so for example the first one is nonverbal communication right how is that nurse communicating with you when you're getting report so for example if you ask them hey did you empty out the foley or did did you check the chest tube readings and there's like this little change of tonality and this hiccup in the in the person as far as the speech tone maybe the way they their body reacted to what you just said that gives you a lot of clues to maybe that they're lying or they're not being true to what was said. And that's okay, but it's better to be honest to begin with. So why is the nurse lying to you if this is the patient that you're taking care of? Because we're humans. So even though we're in healthcare taking care of patients, sometimes you feel embarrassed or whatever the reason might be. You don't want to tell the truth in this reason and you decide to kind of cover up the lie. Like, yeah, you did that. A lot of time that could happen red flag i was guilty of it before too is maybe little things about assessment especially as a night shift nurse you check up on the patient sometimes you say yeah but you maybe didn't or it was two hours not the hour and you can change and you can see the change in your speech tonality that might affect you or that might be saying you're lying Mm. yeah we've all looked at that person and you could tell just by looking at them 
if they want to be approached, if they want to be talked to. And if you're that, that nurse that's always sitting alone by yourself, arms crossed, always looking at the computer, that doesn't really show you that you're open to, to dialect. And that's maybe why people aren't really communicating with you or talking to you. It's because the nonverbal cues you're giving is, is or are showing that maybe you want to be left alone. And you can't always have that. Of course, there is a time and a place for that. You might be real busy. You got to catch up on your charting. There's a, there's a place to be withdrawn. But if you're always like that, that's not opening up. That's not opening you up to communication. No one's going to want to talk to you. And you're never going to have that good shift or happy times on the shift if you don't talk to somebody. So don't always have your arms crossed. Don't look around like you don't care. Don't don't be that person that doesn't look people in the eyes because that's that shows that they're not engaged either. You have to focus on those things and a lot of times these nonverbal cues we've been doing over over the years and they become almost a norm to us so we don't notice them our, ourselves but people notice them so if you want to take a good look at look at maybe on how to open up yourself more or maybe you just want to talk to more people or maybe you want to get approached more you could just simply change up the way you sit the way you look at people, the way you do certain things, and it's going to open you up more for, for a conversation. I was going to say, before you dive into one, I just wanted to say that I feel like I've learned nonverbal communication when it comes to the dating scene. So I feel like when we're grown up as like kids, especially as male boys, you don't pick up on the nonverbal cues. And I feel like women are more intelligent on the nonverbal cues so they tend to outsmart you in a way as far as in the dating scene because as a boy you don't know that hey what her posture is saying and all that so you kind of tend to learn more about it and then when you get older if you're out in public or you're dating or you're out at a bar if somebody's making eye contact with you which is nonverbal cue that's a good indicator that there is interest to be shown or in general eye contact is showing you that the person is actively listening to which goes into number two i'm, I'm glad you brought up brought up that uh, the dating scene because even like in animals uh when animals are in like their mating season they they posture up they do specific postures and that shows the the other other gender that hey they're ready to get down you know so it goes down to our almost um our our basic intrinsic factors is to posture up is to do certain movements to show people what we mean because remember at one point in time we didn't have language we didn't have a way to communicate that we didn't have a, a way to say hey i love you i'm angry i hate you we did it through motions through through actions and it's down to our fundamentals that we that we do these physical things and sometimes we don't even notice them so i'm glad you brought up that the dating point that's actually a really good really good point and a lot of people do that especially like when a girl scoots closer to you you might not notice that as a dude but that's like a hint that she's more into you uh, the second one you better go lean on her yeah there you go yeah better you know do that do that stretch and you put your arm over her you know now's like a good time to do it uh, number Classic two movie scene bro <laughs> yeah number two here is active listening uh, this is a, a big thing for everybody because the way I learned how to actively listen is I realized that hey I'm listening to what this person is saying but before they're finishing I already have something that I want to say and that's not active listening that's that's just waiting for them to finish and you giving them a, a reaction to what they were saying and sometimes when we listen to react we're not actually listening to them because we could hear the first few sentences that come out of their mouth but then the rest of the five minute five minutes that they were talking we didn't really hear we don't know what they said we just hone in on something and we want to respond to whatever they said without listening to the whole picture and that's where a lot of misunderstanding settings come together because we're so 
we, we want to talk. A lot of times we want to talk. So instead of listening, we're, 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 we're thinking about more of what we want to say than what they're actually saying to us. And misunderstandings happen. And that's not, a, that's not a good way to listen because you're going to miss the full story. And it happens to all of us. It happens to me a lot where I will listen to the first few sentences and I'll be already ready to say something without full listening to what that person is going to say to, the, to, their, completely, to their complete last word. I agree with you, man. And honestly, as a podcast host, I've tend to do the same thing where we had a guest or maybe you started the show and I am trying to make sure I'm going to know what to say or I have to say something good because I'm on camera and you get nervous versus actively listening to the conversation that you're saying. So I understand exactly what you're trying to articulate to me. So, so yeah, it's a practice that takes time. And another, another thing when it comes to active listening is there's people that have this fixer mentality and they want to fix people or instead of listening to the story, how they felt, acknowledge their emotions, they want to fix whatever the problem was. And not everybody wants a solution to what's going on in their life. A lot of people want to just sit down and be heard, just like our patients that don't want to leave us alone. They want to just be heard. And so many times just going into the patient sphere here it's so hard to actively listen when you have a bunch of things going on and it really takes presence and energy and focus to really hear the patient out and then you have you know those patients that talk your ear out so you have this phase where you go from actively listening to just hearing and you're just like okay mr nelson i'll see you in a bit <laughs> yeah for sure yeah as nurses we're, we're super guilty of this because as a nurse, you're usually, I mean, I don't know what other way to say this, but a lot of times you're smarter than your patient. You know what's going on with their medical issues more than, than they do. So they usually seek a response for you to tell them what's going on, what, what they should do. But when you're, talking, when, when you're talking to your coworkers, your friends, they're not a patient. The way you talk to your patient is different than the way you talk to your friends or coworkers, but sometimes... We get so used to talking to our patients that we forget that, hey, this person, like you said, doesn't want a solution. It wants, they want to be heard. And one way that I started practicing this and how I got good active listening is, first of all, by stopping the, the want and the need to speak and say something to what they were telling me. So instead of that, what I started doing is I'll let them finish and I would repeat back what they said. Because if I can't repeat back what they said, then I obviously wasn't, wasn't listening because I didn't hear what, what they were saying. So by doing that, it allowed me to pay attention to more, more to what they were saying. And it also allowed me to understand what they were saying because I'm asking them what they literally just told me a few seconds ago. So it's almost like you're hearing it twice and then they're hearing it, hearing it twice as well. So maybe they said something wrong and they didn't realize they said something wrong. But then by you repeating it, then they're like, oh, that's not what I meant. I meant this. So it gives you like a, more of a transparency of what is actually being, being said and what's actually being told. And that's one of the best things that I ever did was repeating back what the person told me. And that also works well with patients because sometimes patients don't communicate well, well either and they think they told you something, but they didn't. So this is one of the things that is basically very similar for patients and for your peers, just repeating back uh, what they said. So then you are in full understanding of, of what, what they said and they fully understand what they said as well. And it's also being honest if you stopped actively listening, which goes back into dating, like you said, you can ask them to repeat themselves. 
because a lot of times if you didn't listen to what the person said and then you just kind of acknowledge them, okay, 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 you might kind of run into some issues in the next couple of minutes when they want to bring the story back to what they just said and you're just like blanking out on the situation. So honestly, you look a lot you look a lot stupider when you weren't actively listening, acknowledge that you did, and then they tell you something else, you're just like, uh, I wasn't listening versus being honest to begin with. Like, hey, Marissa, I just blanked out for a second. I just saw a bird in the sky there. She's beautiful. What did you say? <laughs> so whatever your excuse is at that moment, maybe you're thinking about your mom's cooking when you get home or et cetera. So the third thing to probably communicate amongst your peers is to inspire trust. And that's to keep your word for what you're going to say. Don't don't create a lot of false promises. I like to say to over deliver instead of what is the word over deliver or underperform? Uh, under promise but over deliver. Under promise but over deliver. Yes. So keep your word for what you're going to say, and don't give false promises because that really ruins relationships and it hurts trust. To you know, the first time it's going to be okay, but if you're that nurse that keeps emptying foley's or you said you did everything and you said the room is tidy but it wasn't when they came in you're going to start getting a bad rep on the unit or the nurse that's going to be you're going to be giving a report to the third time fourth time around they're going to come into the room with you they're going to check things and you're going to feel like this authoritative figure honing over you to making sure the checks and balances are in place well let's prevent that to begin with yes there's nurses that are like that we can't do anything about their personality but if you are on a clean slate, let's, you know, instill trust right away in the relationship. Yeah, 100%. Inspiring trust is, is definitely big amongst your coworkers. And if you want to be a little bit more intimate, um, intimate with your friendship, not like dating or anything, not like that intimate, but a little bit closer on a friendly level, it's always a good way to inspire trust by opening up to, uh, opening, opening up, being being vulnerable. more vulnerable yeah being more vulnerable so for example if you're talking about someone's a patient's pee or, or foley and you want to maybe inspire trust and build a relationship you know share something about yourself hey i remember in in fourth grade uh, i peed myself in in gym class something like, something like that where it's like you're leaving yourself vulnerable and you're, you're saying something that's you know you can say that's embarrassing but that's going to show them like hey this this person is honest with me i can expect honesty from him because he just shared something that's personal but you know you joked it off you laughed it off and that just shows you you're able to be to be vulnerable and you're okay with it so that people are going to be more inclined to sharing their stories with you because they understand that hey you've been embarrassed before you know how it feels so you're not going to judge them people are always scared of of, of being judged and a best way to prevent that and stop that from happening is to inspire trust be honest share some personal stories make yourself human don't make yourself look like this this ideal perfect person that never makes mistakes Show them that you that you made mistakes. If you're, for example, teaching a new grad how to do things and they make a mistake, be like, okay, it's it's okay that you flushed the transition with with a presser. I remember when I had a page when I first started off, they had an intro and I flushed the intro with Levo in it and their blood pressure jumped up from 130s to 210s and then it came down. Just see more human. If you're if you see more human, people are going to see you as more human as well and you should be able to share things with you that maybe were difficult to share with in the beginning just because you're more you're more person, personified it's, it's always good it, it's always easy to share a funny story because that shows humor 
and it also shows your vulnerability. Funny story, funny personal stories are, are always the best because you're you're tackling two things. You're showing your personality and you're showing your honesty. Yes, and this even goes into the relationship between a nurse and the manager. Don't sugarcoat things. Be honest. Speak up if you have to be. There's a difference between telling the truth and wanting to gossip. So you have to catch yourself on what type of nurse you are and where you where your weaknesses are. So it's okay to be vulnerable and share things like Pete said and build trust. But don't be somebody that is maybe telling the truth, but you're also blending in some gossip and some drama, which then is going to create a lot of negativity in the unit. And it's going to kind of bite you back because you are this nurse that, yes, you're open-minded and you speak the truth, but you have a slight bit of gossip to you that no one wants to share things with you because of the way you, tell you know, go around the unit i don't know i don't know what a good term for that is but <laughs> no, it's a it, high school <laughs> right right a fourth way to improve communication is just to be more culturally aware we all go through different lives we all do different things just because somebody does something different than you or for religious reasons that you might not understand don't judge them uh, some people judge people that are fast especially in, in the middle eastern culture people that are, that are muslim they they fast a certain part of the year for their religion some people don't understand why you know some people say well if you're hungry just just eat why does it matter that that you're fasting well it goes beyond just being hungry it goes it goes to speak to their religion something that they're passionate about something that they do so being culturally 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 aware and sensitive goes a long way because it almost goes back to to the prior point, the inspiring trust. You accepting them f- for for who they are allows them to also accept you for for who you are. Just because you don't understand people, why people do certain things doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It just means that you don't understand why they do things. They do. They understand their lives. You don't understand it, so don't don't judge. Seek to understand why they do things, not just to judge. Ask them, hey, well, why are you fasting? How does that make you feel? Because many of times we judge people. On things that we are us ourselves can't do or don't want to do, so that should never never be a thing because you're not doing yourself any kind of benefit. You have no benefit judging somebody fasting. Nothing doesn't give you any kind of benefit at all. But what benefits you is asking, hey, why do you fast? How does it make you feel? How do you do it? Because then it makes you think about it in a different way, and almost allows you to go into their shoes and maybe. You could try fasting and get a feel for it and it might help you on a long run instead of just shaming it and never thinking about it again. Yeah, a lot of times we just talk to people from our own perspectives versus the curiosity sense or maybe trying to figure out why they're doing it. So when it comes to cultural sensitivity, get to know the person before you judge them right away. When maybe you're three to six months into your relationship, you'll crack a joke that they're fasting or they're eating their salads all the time or whatever that might whatever the case might be. But from the beginning, have an open heart, open arms, and get to know people. And this goes with patience too. There's 7 billion people in the world. Not everybody's on the same journey, have the same ethnicity and background. So you really want to get to know them, how they are, what you know, what they do. I'm, try- I'm trying to think of awesome experience I had with patients, but there's so many. And I, I just blank out on thinking about a cultural experience. But in Oakland and in San Diego, there was a lot of um, Spanish people. And in like Oakland, there was a lot of diverse cultures from like South South America, like South and Africa itself. So I think that opened up our eyes to like how we should be with our patients, learning to, just like you said, seek to understand, not judge right away. 
And when it comes to cultural sensitivity, I, I would also want to hone in that some patients can get offended when a nurse and a nurse is talking a different language when they're in their room. So a couple months ago when I was on contract, two Filipinos were talking a, a language and the other uh, patient was Spanish. And they were cracking a joke and the patient assumed that they're laughing at her. And she asked that question, are you laughing at my body? And the nurse is like, no, 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 we're just laughing. So it's very important to be culturally sensitive or be aware or if you're speaking a different language, whatever the case might be, just express yourself to that person that you're speaking to, patient or nurse, how you are, what the situation is. 100%. Working in healthcare for sure makes you more culturally aware. Sometimes we, we do forget that. Another uh, example of that, that came to my mind, it's not really about culture, but more about just being aware of, of a person's life and a lifestyle. For example, it took me forever to understand how people become drug users and they keep using drugs and over and over again, even though, though they know it leads them to these hospital stays. And then I realized when I finally talked to them that these issues that they deal with, they've been going on, going, these issues have been going on since, since their childhood. So they're not doing drugs because they like doing drugs or they want to do drugs. And a certain aspect, I guess you could say they like doing drugs, but it's not from childhood. There's something that, some kind of struggle that they were never able to get over and get past. And it led them to this way of drugs. And this is the beauty of psychology is, is you get to learn about these things as, as, as a nurse and how psychology and child, childhood development plays a role into your adult years. And I know that's not really culture, but just being sensitive to the person's life in a way. Because a lot of times nurses, we could say, sometimes we judge people just by accident. We have this, you could say, idea of who this person really is and how they got here. But we really have no idea of the trauma that they went through as a child or growing up or a trauma, trauma that they currently go through and they use it as a coping mechanism. And sometimes it's hard for us to understand that because we just think that, hey, they just keep using drugs for fun because they think it's fun and that's their way of having fun. But really it's not. If you really dig deep and be, be aware of why this person actually uses drugs, it's a lot more to it than just recreational use and just use for, for fun. It's, it's coping and it's something that a lot of people struggle with. And it's very important for us healthy professionals to really understand that, not just shoot this person away, pass their meds just because they're coming here for the fifth time this month for the, for the same issue. You got to peel the layers. And if you start peeling the layers, you start to realize why people do certain things. And then when you realize that, hey, this guy has been in, in going, undergoing trauma for the last six years straight of, of his life, that allows you to look at your friends in a, in a different way and people not in the hospital in a different way because you understand that, hey, I'm at this person in the hospital and these are this is what led to him doing these actions and you're almost less judgmental for that when you talk to people in a grocery store or you see a homeless person because you know that there is a, a bigger background to that person than what you're just seeing on this given day. I like that you brought that up because we were both raised in a Polish culture. So when we're getting older and older, we have viewed the lens of society through that Polish lens and user judgments or upbringing or the judgments that our parents passed on to us to interact with life and then when you get older you're just like whoa i'm being a judgmental person or this is happening so more and more we became culturally sensitive and more even aware of our own culture and the way our culture judges us and judges other people for what they do or just in general because there's so many different cultures so 
if you're somebody with different nationalities or you're Muslim or Arabic, whatever it is, just be open to everything. You know, life is not good. There's no good and bad in the world if you want to put it that way. It's just the way that we interact with our environment that creates that. If you think that drinking alcohol is evil, that's just your template and you're going to see other people as doing evil behavior. But if you see alcohol has as, as a social experience and bringing people together and alcohol is this good thing in moderation, then you'll see alcohol as a positive thing when you're in social interactions. So just being sensitive to all those perspectives. Yeah, this is why nurses are some of the best people you could talk to because we've seen the worst of the worst. We've dealt with the worst of the worst. We won't judge you even though we might see our facial expressions change. But that's just our instinct to to almost judge you but it's only for a second because then we realize that we're, we're judging you and we, we stop doing that because we have we everyone has this innate thing in ourselves that that we judge you tell me a story and i'm like to judge you and that's almost un- unconsciously done and we do that as nurses too but the beauty of, of us nurses is that after that one second of being flawed we realize that that's not really us because we've seen so much crazy stuff we've seen People tell us the craziest stories. They come from the craziest backgrounds, the craziest struggles. And we see that. So whatever you tell us, it's not going to be crazy to us. Even though you might feel like it's crazy to you, you're crazy for telling a nurse this, you're really not. Because we've heard so much crazier stuff that we're open and we're okay with just listening. Because we know that somebody out there is in a worse situation than, than, than you are. So we can oftentimes help you a little bit quicker and a little bit easier than somebody that is just hearing your story for a first time. That's part of the crazy thing that they heard all week. Just because we're so used to hearing all these crazy pasts, all these these abuses that people have, have been through, that it's almost like it doesn't phase us. But like I said, you, we might show judgment for that split second unconsciously. It's just how we are as humans. Don't judge us by that. Judge us more by what we tell you after that. Because nurses are the best we talk to because we've seen everything, we've heard everything, and a lot of times we give the best advice. Because a lot of times our patients get themselves out of these negative situations and they share with us how they got out of the situation. Oh, I was in a very abusive household. The best thing I did was to leave. Well, now guess what? Your boyfriend, girlfriend is being verbally abusive. Well, what are we going to tell you to do? We're going to tell you to leave. Not because we've dealt with that, but somebody told us how they got past that that part of their lives. So we're going to pass that story on to you as well and help you get out of your situation. I like that. One thing I thought about too during this conversation is when I was younger, tattoos, right? It was a taboo thing and you would judge people with tattoos as maybe not having things right or they they do some bad things, whatever it is, because in our culture growing up, tattoos are a bad thing because my body and my temple. But now, tattoos even as a whole in society they're more accepted as it's a form of art and expressing yourself so the fifth uh, fifth way to communicate properly is through verbal communication and that's the words that are coming out of the person's mouth so after you assess their eye contact their posture their tone the way they're communicating non-verbally you're going to see how they communicate with you and it's important which ties into all these other five points is just to express yourself honestly don't shame or create guilt. Don't victimize other people. Don't don't be condensate, condensating. Don't belittle people. Just speak, talk, be honest. Talk to your coworkers. Have fun with it. And more than anything, we are 
our own worst critics. So we tend to judge ourselves more than anything with what we say. So this goes even into doctor communication. Just express yourself with what's going on in the situation. A lot of times the first thing that goes into our mind is, what is the doctor going to think? Is he going to bitch me out? What you know, All that stuff. Just Just speak. Speak and don't care what the end result is. If he gets upset at you that he said something or he tells you you suck as a nurse, if you get offended by that, then that means that deep inside you do have a belief that you're not a good nurse. But if you have a belief that you're a great nurse, it doesn't matter what the doctor's going to tell you because you already have the data that confirms that you're a good nurse. Mm. Yeah, verbal communication is the best way to communicate with everybody. You're literally speaking to a person and that's the best way someone could understand what you're, what you're trying to say. And it, like you said, it could be someone so simple as talking to your coworker and saying, hey, you want to go out sometime? Hey, do you guys all want to go to the beach one day, one, day, one day this week? And that really makes you grow as a person and as a unit because it's a lot easier to ask for help when you've already talked to that person, when you've hung out with that person, when you've already communicated. The first conversation is, is the hardest and easiest thing for you to do is just get it over with, especially if you're a travel nurse or maybe you're at a new job. Just talk to somebody, just speak up, say something, have a conversation because life gets a lot easier and smoother after that first conversation because you already know, know their name. You already get a feel for how they are as a person. Are they cracking a lot of jokes? If they're cracking a lot of jokes, then you kind of already know that they're kind of a jokey kind of person. You can always joke around with them when you're doing a, a patient turn when they're, when they're sedated. You could crack a joke. You know, who do, who do you come to for for that uh, for those happy moments? You're also going to meet those healthcare professionals that are maybe are more emotional that you can maybe help, that are seeking help, but never really open up to anybody because nobody ever talked to them. So you could be someone's savior without ever noticing, never even really knowing it. You could come to work and you could have Steve there. And just because you're there and you've talked to Steve a few times, you're you're already making Steve's job a lot easier because he knows that, hey, Peter talks to me sometimes. So as long as Peter's there, at least I have one more person to rely on. Even though he might not tell you that, that's the way he feels. And that would those feelings would never arise if you never conversed with them if you never if you never talked to Steve but something so simple like that a simple conversation and now somebody is very happy that you are at work somebody enjoys your presence and that all just stem from from a simple simple conversation that's like the thing with travel nursing especially a lot of travel nurses they they feel they feel lonely they feel lonely a lot a big part of their contract and it's always like why am I feeling lonely in, in this contract well it's probably because you haven't really met any friends on the unit. You maybe haven't talked to anybody. Maybe you're already one month in your contract and you only know one nurse's name. That's not really it's not really fair. It's not really fair for you, and it's not really fair for everybody else. And then you you can't say, hey, this unit wasn't that friendly. Well, how is it not friendly if you had never opened your mouth, if you never talked to a person, if you only know one name? You're not really giving the unit of a fair a fair chance at at honing in on your needs or providing the things that you needed for, for success. Because I see a lot of times travel nurses I, I talk to, maybe they've been there for a while, but I know they haven't talked to a lot of people. I talk to them and then I ask them, hey, how do you think the unit is? Oh, then they always say, oh, it's kind of quiet. Well, I mean, it's kind of quiet because you know, you're not talking to anybody. That's why it's quiet. It's loud to me because we're all talking and it's quiet for you because you're just sitting there charting. You're kind of scared to open up. So, you know, I always kind of mess with mess that nurse a little bit. I try to talk to them just to get them kind of going because if a travel nurse tells me, oh, it's kind of quiet, 
It's like it ain't it ain't quiet. I've been here for six months. You know, just say something. So I so sometimes you gotta you have to sometimes you have to talk to somebody for them to talk to you back because people some people are, are more timid than others. And it's just it's just the way way things are. But maybe you should at least facilitate the conversation, not always rely on somebody else to facilitate the conversation. This doesn't mean that you shouldn't actively listen, like we mentioned a few points before. You should be the only one talking. You should be listening as well. But sometimes you have to be the one to lead that conversation. I like that. And nursing, the number one skills that you can learn aside from your assessment skills and critical thinking skills is communication because communication is with your patients, with your coworkers, with your doctors, the manager, everything comes full circle. Just like in a relationship, you're going to be communicating and you need honesty and communication. So everything comes full circle with communication. And just like you said, you might be a different nurse I'm trying to see what kind of communicator I am and the way I would describe myself would be somebody that's reserved at first and I like to kind of listen and get to know my environment and see what's going on, scope out the situation, but then I'm very open and just start talking and, you know, I could crack jokes and have a good time. Yeah, that's okay. I'm the same exact way because I like to just lay low for a little bit and see, see who talks, who's like the talker, who's the gossiper, who can I share things with because... It's, it's always hard for me to be a little vulnerable on an assignment, but it's a lot easier for me if I'm vulnerable with the right person, you could say, because I don't want to open up too much to the nurse that's going to gossip and tell somebody my whole life story. I want to maybe only talk about specific things with that person versus somebody that's a little bit more reserved that gives advice. I might want to talk to them more, depending on what the topic is. That's a really, really good way to do things. So if you're, if you're not sure who to talk to, you can lay low, listen while you chart, get to know these nurses a little bit, how they talk amongst themselves, and then pick somebody to talk to. Just pick somebody. You don't got to pick somebody that's very loud and gossipy and just always in your face because that might be a little bit too much for you off the bat. Start with somebody that's maybe a little more soft-spoken. It's funny because Peter and I always go on contract and we could pinpoint what type of nurses are in what unit. We already know where, where we shouldn't probably say too much because it's going to come full circle and the high school is going to know. Or we know that one nurse that just maybe doesn't like doesn't like you to begin with and you could figure all that out especially i remember that one nurse which i'll never forget i was talking to her because we were talking about podcasting and she asked me if i listened to joe rogan and as soon as she said i listened to joe rogan she's like yeah i I don't want to hear your opinion and judge the hell out of me because i listened to somebody's show i'm just like damn girl you got no idea what kind of person i am or how great i am because you judged me on one podcast host that i listened to freaking joke and this episode was devoted to that nurse <laughs> so she can improve her communication skills <laughs> yeah op- open up there's more to me than just you know a podcast that i listen to right she's be more more maybe culturally aware of things yeah culturally suppressed i'm polish but anyways guys thank you for listening to on today's episode we talked about communication and the five ways that you can improve your communication And ultimately, just be open, communicate, don't gossip, be honest, speak your truth, have great posture, eye contact, and you're going to be a great nurse and communicate like a freaking, like a ninja. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. See you you guys on the next episode. Peace out. Peace.